What's up, everybody? This is Sydney, and you're listening to Friendly Fire. Welcome back to Friendly Fire, a special Week 17 episode. Y'all know me. I'm your host, Sean, and my co-host, Sydney. What up? What up? So we got um, a lot of football today. It's actually going to be all football today. Um, as the season winds down, college football is getting ready to crown a champion. Um, whew. Uh, Saints and the Panthers on Sunday was not very interesting, but um, let's hear what you got to say about it. Not too many games. <clears throat> not too many games were uh, interesting. Uh, um, I think I think we finally got that perfect game. Took seventeen weeks, but I, yeah. I think we finally got that perfect game. Uh, being up thirty-five to three at halftime, game was over. Um, Michael Thomas didn't need much out of him. Um, Al Kamara scored two early touchdowns. Uh, got the pick six uh, from AJ Klein against his former team, which is always, always good to see. Um, Jared Cook, he keeps he he scored seven touchdowns in the last eight games, I think, after having a rough start to to his season. Janoris Jenkins got an interception late. Um, it was an overall, it was it was all around good game, uh, offensively and defensively. Um, Honestly, what you would expect going into Carolina, knowing what they are this season, um, and knowing that we still have kinks to work out. But these past these past few weeks, offensively, at least have been have been really really good. We we're in stride now, and it's mm-hmm. a perfect time to get there. Um, but yeah, that game was what I expected it to be. Um, Christian McCaffrey was the bright spot for Carolina, of course, and um, yeah, it was what I expected. Yeah, um, the Jared Cook one-hand touchdown catch uh, was impressive. Obviously, getting Kamara involved, they they seem to have the last couple of weeks an intent to get him into the end zone because him only scoring for since week two. Taking that long for him to get into the end zone was kind of absurd. Um, obviously, you didn't need much from Michael Thomas, but he put a cap on a brilliant season. Otherwise, MVP if he played in any other position, because uh, you know they only give that to quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, I mean, there really ain't nothing to say about that. Like you said, the the Panthers are in transition. They don't have a quarterback. I told you, I've. I feel like they should keep Cam Newton because Greer ain't the answer and Allen ain't the answer either. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they're trying to find a coach. I mean, the Saints have a lot to play for. They, they thought they were playing for a first-round bye, possibly the number one seed. Um, you know, they got what all those teams with playoff aspirations and, and seeding things that mattered with a chance to do what they needed to do. Uh, the Saints were the only team in the league that knew the importance of the moment, put the team away before halftime, and um, got ready for the next game. 
Yeah. So, um, ain't nothing to say about that. Yeah, God in there did their part, which is the biggest thing. You do what you do, and everything else gonna fall in place. So. Yeah. So, um, one of the teams that they needed to win um, was us, and um, we didn't. And it was weird because you know, you know what I thought about when I was looking at my picks for the games. Um, you know, how I said that all season. This is the only game, and I, I, don't, I didn't even think about it because I, I was talking about how I expected the Packers to win. That that was the only time I picked against the Lions. I picked against the Lions. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, you know, what my heart is when I'm when I'm picking the games that they're involved in. So. Um, but anyway, um, that game was not what I was expecting. Uh, but this team, bro, it, it gives me so much hope just because I get on the show every week and I talk about how the season's been over for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. The, the season's been over for about 10 weeks, and this team has not quit. They have not quit yeah. at all, bro, and it, it just – it is impressive to watch. I mean, they had dudes out there that were up from the practice squad. When once Kenny Galladay got hurt and Darius Slay got hurt, this, we had practice squad dudes out there, man. And they, you know, it, what a, a field goal to win the game for the Packers. Like that, that's that's a team that has not quit on their coach. Um, three wins is not accurate for the, for this team. It doesn't feel like it. Um, Cause I was looking at I, I was looking at some of the other teams that have four and five wins, and there's more talent in our roster than a lot of them teams, bro. That like uh, the Dolphins at this time, they're not even they tried to lose and they got more wins than us, you know. So I don't know, but anyway, the Packers. The first half of that game, bro. You know, you hear about teams overlooking teams and this didn't seem like one of them situations that they should have done that um but the first half they did not come to play and it was so weird because like everybody else was in the right positions and Aaron Rodgers was just so bad he was bad for three quarters like even once they started to get themselves going a little bit he was still bad like he he missed a lot of throws that that could have when the game was when the game was fourteen to three, when they got the field goal before the half, he missed the throw right there uh, before the half too to make it ten to, I mean uh, seven to fourteen. Um, but then they kicked the field goal, and then the defense let them just run all the way down the field goal range. Like that was weird. But everything from that moment forward, the team played better than Aaron Rodgers did. He played like garbage the whole yeah. fucking game. He was awful. Um, but it's like I was saying with the Saints, um, survive in advance, bro. They did what they were supposed to do, and they they got to the two seed, which is all they could do. They won the game. I saw a crazy stat, um, on Twitter that the Packers led the Lions for no time in regulation this season, but they yeah. won both games. <laughs> They literally never led in either game. Yeah. But they, but they won at the last second. I, um, Aaron Rodgers has had a few bad games this season. That by far was the worst. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I saw a stat. Um, because I, as I was watching the game, I said to myself, I was like, man, this is a game that Matthew Stafford would win. Yeah. And um, a stat came up on the screen, and I want to say y'all tied Y'all tied another team for the most, I want to say, the most one-possession losses in a season. Hmm. Y'all, y'all were tied at that point. I want to say at that point it was 10. And then yeah. y'all came by one possession. So that yeah. made it 11. Injuries literally killed y'all. Yeah. Like, it, it, <laughs> y'all had one injury too many like if if Matthew Stafford was able to to stay healthy throughout the whole season, it's totally opposite, maybe. Yeah, so I told even you. if Carryon Johnson could have stayed healthy for the entire season, like like I said, it was one injury too many yeah. to you know to lose not just start not just your starting quarterback, but then your backup quarterback. Like it, it, if one if one injury could have not happened, then maybe like you say, this isn't a, a three win team. Mm-hmm. It's closer to where you you envision at the beginning of the season seven and nine nine and seven something mm-hmm. like in between that. Um. Yeah, I mean, Carry On Johnson has looked good since he played last week and this week, right? Yeah, his first game was last week. Ty Johnson looked good yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was watching. I was like, man, who is this other Johnson? And I forgot about Ty Johnson. Galladay has been the brightest spot this season. He's he's steady emerging. He's a top wide receiver. Um, but yeah, man, like I say, that game that game was nothing more than the sum of y'all season. Yeah, the one position loss, like you said, y'all been playing hard this whole season, which, like I say, is telling because for one, they never gave up on Matt Patricia, mm-hmm. but for two, it shows the depth of y'all talent. Um, some of that yesterday was bad Green Bay, and we're gonna get in that later when we talk about the playoffs. But yeah. like I say, to say so much went wrong with y'all season, it was still such a a promising season for y'all future. Yeah, there's you know, I talked about the young talent coming into the season. Uh Kenny, Kenny Galladay has separated himself from Carryon Johnson. It's funny that you brought Carryon Johnson up because I'm I'm about done with him. Um, two seasons has been the same stuff: uh, knee injury, knee injury. Even when he's in the game, uh, I'm not that blown away by his skill set. Um, yeah. So you know, but um, on the other side of the ball, Tracy Walker. I thought Tracy Walker had a decent game. Um, Will Harris played good. Um, the, the safety. Uh, Giovanni Talai has been hurt, but I, I, I like what he's going to give us moving forward. But um, I do want to talk about some other stuff on the team. Uh, Damon Harrison. I saw that Damon Harrison uh, is considering retirement. That yeah. came out of nowhere for me. I, I was not expecting that. Um, but again, you know, it's always the same stuff with, with these players. But you don't know what that grind is day to day and what the mental fatigue is for injury. You know, and he's been he. I follow him on Twitter, and I've been and he's been talking about how he's been disappointed in himself uh, yeah. all season long. And so, if that's if that's injury, if that's mental fatigue, if he's ready to hang it up, um, 
it was good to have him on the team, but that obviously leaves a hole uh, on our defensive line that I wasn't expecting. Um, I had hoped that we could get up to the number two pick to try to get uh, Chase Young, but in the event that that doesn't happen, uh, I saw a mock that had us picking. Dang, the D lineman out of Auburn. Yes, yes. What's his name? I forgot. Yeah. I can't. I can't think of it right now. But I, I know. I I watched him play. He and bruh, I hate doing the projections for people because you know everybody's gonna want to say Sue, but he reminds me of Sue so much. Yeah. Like when I like. If you can get disruption from the from the interior D line mm-hmm. and get run stopping from that, that changes everything, you know. Yeah. And, and and so like, if we can get him at three, either way, you, I feel like we, we talked about this last week, but I feel like there isn't going to be a bad pick at at the three spot. Yeah, you know the cornerback from Ohio State, a defense, huh? I think there shouldn't be at least right. The cornerback from Ohio State, I watched him in the, in the game uh, against Clemson. I I like him. He can play. Um, like I said, the Auburn defensive tackle, defensive lineman or Chase Young, whichever one of them they end up trying to get at three, I mean, it'll definitely help the defense. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about um, real quick is uh, Marvin Jones. Um, Marvin Jones – I think I think his contract is up either next year or the year after. Um, but either way, I don't want them to pick anything on offense because I like Kenny Galladay. I like Marvin Jones. Um, Curse will be back next year. Hawkinson will have a bigger role. Um, but anyway, I said all that to say um, Marvin Jones had a breakout year this year. Not a breakout year. He was leading the league in touchdowns uh, this year. And what happened to him over the weekend, I don't know if you know about his uh, son passing away. Yeah. Um, that's just, you. it's so easy to forget that these dudes are human beings and they have a life outside of football. Um, and I just wanted to shine some light on that, that, that I couldn't imagine that pain that him and yeah. his family are going through. So, um yeah, I I'll be glad to um, cheer him on next year and and see him in person hopefully. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to say something about that. Derek Brown is that D lineman thing. Yeah, did you look through that whole mock draft? I did. I let me say I've seen I, I've already seen a bunch of them. So I like I like almost everything I saw in this one. Yeah, almost everything I saw. Um. One that, oh, man, I can't even think of now. One really stood out to me, one pick, and I was like, hey, what was it? I can't believe I forgot that fast. Um, who were you just talking about? That's crazy. I cannot remember. Randell Gibbs. I don't know. But yeah, I, I really do like that mock draft. Um, if things played out that way, I think wish they not. But if things did play out that way, it would be it would be damn near perfect. You couldn't ask for nothing for nothing better for each of those teams. You know, the, the main thing that changes that is free agency. 
Nope. You know, hoes ain't gonna be the same hoes um, by the time we get to April. So, and then some teams are gonna be even more desperate uh, for missing out in free agency to where they gotta take something higher than what they really should be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just was wondering if you if get that in its entirety. Yeah, you know, I've been looking at my draft since. Week 14. Week one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Um, league notes. What you got? Um, besides y'all game, of course, the other game that really mattered for my Saints was Sunday Night Football, Seattle and San Francisco, which... A classic. It it changed my perspective a lot too on both teams going into the playoffs. Um, the first half was real ugly for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco should have been up even more than way more than what they were at half. Yeah. Um, but for Seattle to be able to uh, fight back way they did in the second half, which just ended up being too little too late. But that final possession, there was so much wrong with that final possession. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. So they pick up the fourth, they pick up the first on fourth down. No timeouts. No, they did have a timeout, didn't they? After the fourth down, yes. Yeah. I want to say that they did. I want yeah. to say that they no, did. They, did. they didn't have a timeout. They did. And they ended up taking the delay of game. Oh, but you're talking about. I'm talking about after they picked up the first down. Because they. I'm, I'm trying to remember when they used the timeout. Because after they picked up. When they got to it, they spiked it. And then they and had. Then a, they took a delay of game. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. I, I don't, no I don't sense, remember. Like, but. For them to have lost, because they lost track of time. Yeah. Wilson was still in the huddle. Like, we got our day for this. So that that was, so that pushed them back 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And then the no call on the defensive pass interference on the next play. I, what did, what did you think of it? <sighs> that, <laughs> that is the definition of, that is the definition of why they put this rule in place, in my opinion. Blatant pass interference. He was blatantly grabbed, um, I think, even before the ball left Russell Wilson's hand. Yeah. That, to me, was an easy was an easy overturn, but they didn't even look at it. They, I, I saw something that said that they did, um, and they, they didn't, um, didn't want to change it. But either way, look. I'm, look. That was the 10-second peak that they took at it. I'm fine. Like I said, bro, I'm fine with games being decided in real time. And obviously, it changes when it's your team because you're biased to it. But mm-hmm. um, I don't – they didn't call it. I, I would much rather – I would much rather it be – I don't know. It wasn't – I didn't feel it was as egregious as you did. But I don't – want 
okay, they didn't call it. Let's go look at it. And then changing seasons and games like that. I would rather, did they call it? They didn't. Let's move on. Let's play. Like, uh, I, I just. And, yeah. I and I, I, I prefer they get it right. No, I, Even, I get that. Yeah. Sorry, like, like, I understand if it's one of those situations to where both players are pushing off. And, you know, no, this was. He just grabbed his man, and you know, like that—that that is the purpose for this rule that y'all put in place. Saying yeah. that we're gonna look at pass interference, and we're gonna, but and, and it just adds—it just adds to what's been going on season long with it, though. Like I, at this point, I prefer they didn't put the rule in place because I agree they can't and, enforce it in any consistent manner. And I—that's and that's more what I mean, just because. A lot of these penalties, bro, that it – I don't know why we make pass interference or why – I guess it's just because it's easier for the fans to follow. But how many holding calls and blocking the backs on key plays that, that get missed that's yeah. not able to be reviewed and stuff like that? And I get getting it right, but, I mean, this is, what are we doing with this, bro? Like, every everything can be like that, you know, like – I would rather it just be on the simple stuff that we've known for all this time is, did he step out of bounds? Did he, you know, did he have the catch? So, you know, I, I don't know, bro. I just don't want penalties because I I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I didn't like it from the beginning that they, they put the pass on the Ferris in. Yeah. And like I said, I had no issue with it because – not even because it was the Saints. It happened to the Saints that led to it. But how egregious that moment was. And in that moment, like, that's that damn near decided who went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you figure, you figure they'd be more competent on how to, how to decipher what's passing the fence and what's not. And that hasn't been the case. Yeah. So if that's going to continue to be the case, like I said, I, I prefer it just not be a rule. But and we we've been talking about the inconsistency all year. That that's uh-huh. that that's more the problem with it than it is that they that they're reviewing it now. Exactly. It's, it's one week is that was egregious. Next week is because because that's penalties. That's yeah. what you know what I'm saying. Like that because there was a there was a holding call on the um. On the drive where Russell Wilson threw the touchdown, where he where he looked like he, he was past the line of scrimmage, there was a holding call on the one that I saw from the very beginning. But on that play, there was one that they didn't call. Yeah, and I was I was like, man, it, I mean, all right, whatever. But yeah, yeah that's anyway. But just, uh, yeah, and and even after that, they still had a chance to score, and for that play to be made on the one yard line, the Inch, inch. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Um, so you said it changed your perspective on both teams, though. What What about it changed the, with the Four Niners? Like I just said, they should have been up more than fourteen. Or what was it? Was it fourteen? They were up thirteen nothing. Okay, they were up thirteen. They should have been up more than that by halftime. Mm-hmm. They're like with. With the offense that they have, with the way that they have been playing throughout the year, I think that game should have never 
for come an inch within, you know, them losing the game. Mm. Um, I feel like, and that's, you got a, the, the shootout with New Orleans, and then for them to go lose to Atlanta, they had the close game with, who did they, uh, the Rams? They beat by field goal, last second field goal. I feel like there was one more game before Seattle that they lost. No, they. It was uh, the Ravens. Did you miss the Ravens game? <laughs> no, that was before New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Must have just been them four games. Then the shootout with New Orleans. Yeah. They to Atlanta. They beat the Rams by last second field goal, and then last mm-hmm. night. That's not what we saw at the beginning of the season. And we always talk about peaking. And my question about San Francisco is: Have they have they peaked already? Because if so, that going into the postseason now, in the manner that they played their last four weeks, that's not a good sign. Yeah. So if I, I can agree that there are chinks in the armor, but at when you when you play the level of football that they've played over the last couple of weeks, the teams that they have been playing against in, in all of these close games, yeah, I mean, there have been some injuries. There's been some okay, so they're playing good teams. But we talked about it early in the year when I say, I always say, when you're playing against good teams, it can make a good team look bad like, or or bring them back down to earth a little bit because, I mean, Seattle's got a good defense, but also Russell Wilson is. But that dude, I've never seen anything like him, bro. They they do not get blown out. Never. They uh, Since Russell Wilson's been the quarterback, they never get blown out. It's insane. Uh, but anyway, this the 49ers. Yeah, you saying that about Seattle. Seattle's defense was horrible yesterday. That's another reason why I felt like San Francisco should have been up more than what they were. See, Seattle couldn't stop anything mm-hmm. except for, obviously, when it mattered or when San Francisco fucked themselves up. But they couldn't stop anything. Uh, especially in that first half uh, yesterday. Yeah. So, I don't know. All, all these playoff teams, um, like you said, the Saints are peaking at the right time right now, but, I mean, it's regular season football, bro. Now it resets. Everything resets. All of that, you know, you got 60 minutes now to keep your season going. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, I'm, the, the Seahawks – you know how it is, bro. Desperate teams, home. They were they were the home team. It, you know, there's the division game. It was close. It was a close game, bro. I thought it was a good game too. Yeah. Marshawn was- Lynch. What'd you think about Marshawn Lynch? Um, it was it was what I expected, I guess. It was, it was what I expected. I was glad to see him score. That's for sure. Me too. Uh, I was I was yeah. very happy when he scored. I, but they got Homer. Yeah, got Homer that they have. He had a solid ass game. Mm-hmm. He had a very. I don't know where they finding these running backs at. They've been like that for the past few years. Finding these random running backs and yeah, they running behind these tight ends that they turned into <laughs> offensive linemen. Well, but like I said, I, I wanted to I wanted to give Russell Wilson some credit because. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, I feel like he would be the MVP. That's crazy because I don't. 
through nine weeks, he was most definitely the MVP. Mm-hmm. But the second half of the season, I don't. It's not that it's not that Lamar Jackson took off on him. It's kind of he took a step back as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, even if you say that, I just feel like Russell Wilson's playing the best football of his life, uh, and I'm I'm including the Super Bowl years because even then he was he was really good and the mm-hmm. defense was amazing. Yeah. But right the way he's playing right now, I mean, he doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't fumble. He doesn't. Put the team in bad situation. I mean, they, like I said, bro, the the way that they play offense, the way that their football team works as a unit, they, I mean, what, 13 points is about as big as you're going to get on them because they, they coming back. So, anyway. Uh, what do you think about the Dolphins beating the Patriots? Once again, that's another game where it was telling. Like you say, the the Saints were the only team yesterday, playoff team, that went out and was like, look, this game matters. Let's make sure we go ahead and and get this done. Uh, Seattle, San Francisco, they played each other, so that's that's what that was. The Patriots... I think I'm done, bro. I think I I gave up on them. I I stuck it out for 17 weeks and they're going to come around. Like, we know what it's going to be when the time comes, and I don't know what it's going to be when the time comes no more. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's, that's that. Bro, right? Oh, oh, Fitz Magic got back there and knocked them off. And it was funny because before they lost, I wanted to say, I was going to come on the show and say how I was starting to lean Kansas City a little bit more in the AFC, which I think all season I really have been high on Kansas City. But, you know, it was always you got New England lurking. As soon as you write New yeah. England off, here they come with Rex Burkhead and, and all these other random people that's Gonna carry him to the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, that was you know I talked about a couple of weeks ago San Francisco losing to the 49 I mean losing to uh, Atlanta. Um, the what it meant for the 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 magnitude of the season, uh, the team that they lost to, it was as bad a loss as they had all season. That was as bad a loss as any team could have because it took them from the two seed to the three seed, and yeah. Against a team that you should have, a team that's trying to—I lo- don't care what they say—they're they're trying to lose, and you—I mean, that was bad. Yeah. Um. What else we got? We had um. Derek Henry win win the Russian title. <laughs> what is that? What, what is that? That the reaction you just had to it. Why are you disrespecting my boy like that? I oh no, I, no, I just was I no, I like Derrick Henry. That wasn't what that was about. That was that was just I couldn't believe he ran for two hundred yards. Like that was, but it but it was more because the game didn't matter for the Texans. 
Um, so no, I, I didn't mean to disrespect him if that was the face that I was given. No, I like Derrick Henry. Um, you got anything else on the field? I'm thinking uh not really. The Eagles survived. Um yeah, no, that's it. It was a boring week. Yeah. Them games, them games are very. You know what it was? It was. You know what it reminded me of? I was telling uh, Shayna, uh, while I was watching the games, it felt like preseason football to me. Again, because up until the Seahawks 49ers game, yeah, the games, the games that mattered were against teams that were either playing backups or you know the only thing that was changing was was seeding and then. It just it just was a boring game, a boring week. Like yeah, it, it didn't matter till Seahawks forty nineers. But yeah, no, it it was it was a very boring week. Um yeah, I, I took a nap third quarter Saints game. Um, Black Monday is Black Monday. We're recording this on Monday. It's Black Monday. Anything? Any coaches that you looking forward? to taking over any certain gigs? Let me say, I hate when coaches get fired and hired like two days later. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Just, I it feels so stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I can't even, I can't explain it. I just want other people to have opportunities, coordinators in particular, um, who've done great jobs um, to get some opportunities. I'm tired of people interviewing Josh McDaniels. I wish they stopped doing that. Um, huh? He's going to stop because he's going to take one of them jobs this year. Um, yeah. I, I saw Dennis Allen was getting an opportunity. That's, I mean, he's a former head coach, so what? That's every year. He got yeah. Yeah, he got Did he? Oh, yeah. I knew he got last year. I didn't know the year before. Yeah, him and P. Carmichael. Uh, <laughs> well, you would. Huh? No, I was saying him and P. Carmichael, and then I was like an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but you would know that better than I did. But um, what's some other ones? Eric Bieniemy. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I can't say that I'm, there's anything that I'm looking forward to because I I really could care less. I'm worried about who's gonna fall into some defensive coordinator jobs because that's what we need. Yeah, um, but you know, I you know I did. I, there was one. I I hate saying that I'm glad for somebody to get fired just because you know yeah. never. But I I thought the Freddie Kitchens thing was. Accurate. That was that. I'm. That was congratulations to the Browns for that. Just because it it didn't work, and you, yeah. and after one one season, you hate to go. Oh well, you know, let's try to give it a no. It didn't work. It was a, it was yeah. a disaster from the word go. Um. So. Yeah. What about um, you? to your point about the coaches, um, I, I find it I find it similar to athletes, to professional athletes in general, it's only a handful of those who can be that. So, 
they're going to get recycled like that. So I think it's the same way with coaches. You know, the best are already in jobs for a reason. So there's a real big, especially ones that have been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Culture change is real. You know, sometimes you just got to go somewhere different with that. But um, I've been saying this the past few weeks. I'm excited about Mike McCarthy being back. Uh, they're like, if he takes over Carolina, I think Cam Newton will be in Carolina next year. He's the only one for sure to where I look at it and say, if he takes that job, I think Cam Newton's going to still be in Carolina next year. I love Ron Rivera to Washington. Um, they saying that should be done by tomorrow. And then everything else will be will be mm, interesting. It will be interesting. Um, I saw a lot about Dallas going to clear, clear house um, tomorrow. And if that's the case, there's a lot of interest in Chris um, Ricard, Richard. I don't know which one it is. But there's going to be a lot of interest in him. But also, where did Dallas get their head coach from? You know, I've, always, I've always thought that it was supposed to be Lincoln Riley, which it could still be. But if it's not him, then there's no obvious choice if you are already missing on Ron Rivera and Mike McCarthy. Yeah. So that would be interesting for me. Uh, I saw something about John Garrett that they they missed the playoffs. Was it seven of the ten seasons that he was the coach or something like that? Yeah, that sounds accurate. <laughs> That's bananas. I want to say, they said three years, I think this, no, three years in a row. I heard Stephen A. Smith say this the other day. Three years in a row, I want to say they either finished eight and eight or nine and seven. And the last game of the season, they had to, they won and they were in. Mm-hmm. But each season, they lost to one of each of their division rivals. One year, yeah. one year was Washington, one year was Philly. And I, you know, we talked last show about continuity, about mm-hmm. sticking with. That's overdoing it. I mean, I and and you know, like when you look at stats in a vacuum like that, some of that stuff is telling. Some of it can sway your argument, however you're trying to do it. But I mean, you got to get to the postseason at least. Because I saw some, but yeah, I seen something that was saying uh, that Jim Caldwell. Uh, had a better record than Matt Patricia does for the first two seasons, uh, and they fired Jim Caldwell after his third one. Um, but, you know, a lot of that is situation. A lot of that is feel, how the team looks. Like I, like I talked about with him, the, for Patricia, the team never quit on him. Um, mm. It seems like that the Jim Caldwell thing had ran its course. But, and that's what I'm saying, like, when you look at some stats like that, some of it is is really telling. And it's like, yeah. bro, it been time for Jason Garrett to be gone. Like, and we and we know the reason he stuck around so mm-hmm. long because Jerry Jones needs his voice to be not heard, but taken. Look, this is what's gonna happen, and Jason Garrett been willing to do that. But also part of it, in my opinion, is that Sean Payton wasn't leaving New Orleans. Mm-hmm. If Sean Payton ever was like, okay, I'm good, Jason Garrett would have been gone. And then, like, like I said, I, I tweeted a couple weeks ago, every time 
I see Jerry Jones doing a press conference, it irks my nerves so much. Yeah. Like, who, who, why are you doing that? It, it really, it undermines the coach so much. Like, even if you want to say, oh, well, I'm the owner. I mean, owners, what are the owner doing that? Okay, well, I'm the GM. GMs don't do that. Exactly. Like, you, your, your head coach is supposed to be the leader. But you are undermining him at every turn. When y'all win, when y'all lose, I mean. And then what you? other big-time coach wants to go deal with that? Exactly. Because I saw people uh, a few weeks ago, people were talking about how Urban Meyer is interested in Dallas, but how Jerry Jones is interested in giving up what he'd have to give up yeah. for Urban Meyer to come and take over that team. So he's he's hurting himself. Exactly. And I he wants to win what well, he claims. He wants to win so badly, but he's getting in his own way at every turn. And, and then for 25 years now or so. And, and they've got a talented roster, bro. I mean, I mean, even if you want to say what you say about Dak Prescott, who, I mean, 40 million, bro. But, uh, I mean, if you want to look at the rest of that team, bro, that, there is no reason why they should be eight and eight. Besides, besides quarterback, I want to say they have a top five player in almost every position. With Demarcus Lawrence, Byron Jones, Amari Cooper, Zeke, the offensive line. Yep. Way too talented to not. Well, yeah, way too talented to not be one of the NFC East, especially with Philly. Got hurt the way they did this season. Yep. Yep. And that that was my thing when I looked at their roster in the beginning of the season while I picked them. When you look at their roster and you look at their division, a healthy Philly, I felt like they were still better than. But uh, with the injuries that they dealt with, there ain't no reason y'all shouldn't have won a division. None. So. Um, that's all I got. You want to pick your national champion before we get to Wild Card Weekend, or you want to wait? No, we're going to wait on that. Um, the, first, I want to say, as we look, before we actually pick the individual Wild Card games and get into this six-week run that we're about to get into, uh, you had just pick at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you had well, you had Patriots, Saints Patriots. at the beginning, and I had Brown Saints, which obviously ain't gonna happen. So <laughs> let's so let's so let's reset. Um, this point in time, twelve teams left. Give me your Super Bowl. My Super Bowl. The Saints are still there. Like that's not that's not the hard part. The Saints are still there. We've talked about <clears throat> the home field advantage and not um and then not being a van a real advantage, but to two teams uh in the NFC going forward, one being the Saints, the other being Seattle. Um but mm-hmm. even that's that's what you said, right? Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, I, I I did say those. I did say I did say that it 
that Lambo does have oh, some yeah, great, yeah Lambo yeah yeah does have some effect yeah it, yeah, it, yeah more so than Minnesota San Francisco mm-hmm. and Philly right. yeah yeah um but regardless like I say the Warriors is peaking at the right time uh, offensively and defensively they've been pretty solid the whole season um. The AFC is where it gets tricky for me because I'm picking teams for this weekend that I didn't intend to to be the case. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> like, just even starting right here, Wild Card Weekend, I'm like, you know. So, ah, the New Orleans Saints against the... <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. That's so in Miami. So <laughs> I thought Kansas City. I thought Kansas City should have been in the Super Bowl last year. I thought it should have been Kansas City, Los Angeles last year. Um, in the NFC, I'm still I'm still picking the Saints, but I'm not I'm not as confident with them at the three as I would have been with them, even at the two. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, and look, let me, let me just talk about it right now. I understand why the Packers don't scare you. I understand why you would feel less confident in the 49ers than you did six weeks ago. Um, but the road, the road is still... The Vikings, we feel like are a good team. So that still puts you going to Lambeau or San Francisco and then hosting either Seattle or, I mean, we don't really think it's going to be Philly. But um, so the road is just more difficult than I imagined it would be at the beginning of the season, even though they still were as good as we thought. What, they go 13-3, and 12-4? Who? The Saints, 13-3. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm. Let me just say this: I'm less confident in the Saints being there than I am with the AFC team that I'm going to pick, and it's only because I feel like there are more good teams in the NFC that can trip you up when you got to play three as opposed to two, and possibly two at home. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, yeah, I'm, but I, I'm, I'm going to still pick the Saints, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was the Packers or the 49ers. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if it was San Francisco. I don't, it's not going to be Green Bay. It wouldn't surprise me if it's San Francisco. Okay. Um, in the AFC, I told you I, I was, when I looked at the AFC, I, I had, I was thinking, all right, Cleveland, Kansas City, um, and then as Cleveland obviously started to fall off, I I don't believe I believe the Ravens are for it. They're a lot better than what I thought they were week five. Way better yeah. than I gave them credit for. They went on their little run, but I just don't believe that they're as good as advertised as far as like just gonna run through and make it to the Super Bowl. Um yeah. I I would feel more confident that the 49ers would do that just because they're playing more traditional football than what yeah. the Ravens are going to do. And I feel like the Ravens have a good defense, but the Chiefs are trending upwards 
in that if Kansas City if Kansas City is about to get above average defense because they've been getting average defense for the last three years if they're about to get above average defense with all the weapons they got on offense and their quarterback I mean how you beating them like that's so and that's the same thing for the Saints if they're about to get good defense with the way their offense is clicking right now I mean how you stopping that that's so I, I got Kansas City New Orleans too which surprises me that you pick Kansas City, but over who? Right, and that's that's so that that's where we are from where we were. Yeah, because it, for me it was always Patriots, but like I say, Sunday for me was the last straw on them. Um, if they would have won Sunday, then I'd be sitting here saying, "Look, it's still gonna be Patriots." Now I should be Texans Seahawks. All right, uh, just close to picking Buffalo. I'm like Buffalo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So let's so let's do wild card weekend. Um, let's go in order because this is the first time I can ever remember it being both conferences on the same day. I looked at this the other day and I was like, "Why? Why do they do that?" I like it that way. I don't. Damn, she's so boring. So you, I gotta see both <laughs> of these games on Saturday. What? Come on, man, spread this shit out. Let me get let me get one and the other. All right, let's start with Bills Texans. I got Buffalo. You do. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I was about to say, I've been saying for weeks, I feel like Buffalo's going to shake up a lot of this in ways people weren't expecting because they are a really good team. Yeah. Um, You're not about to score a lot of points on them. They're, they're playing great defense. They're going to run the football. They're going to probably, they most likely going to win time of possession. Mm-hmm. And if it comes down to the last drive or the last few possessions, they are able to still put up points in those times. There's no one shying away from from that moment. Yeah. And Houston has been inconsistent. Inconsistent and average at, at best throughout this season. Yeah. Um, I just feel like Buffalo is truly the 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 overall better team and they um and there's no home field advantage going to Houston. Um yeah and like I say, with Buffalo's defense being that good and them having somebody who's going to give um, DeAndre Hopkins some type of problems, yeah, if, you, if you're able to limit their best player, the rest of the Houston team doesn't scare anybody. Are they going to get J.J. Watt back? For this Saturday? Week? I don't think so, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to still take the Texans. I like the Texans more than you do. Way more. Not Obviously. Oh. Yeah. No, and, and look, I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect Buffalo. I just I like that defense. I do like that defense. But I if this is a game where I feel like their offense if, if you're gonna give me a close game, I'm gonna take the better quarterback. That's that's basically uh, all I got for that matchup. I feel like it's going to be close just because I the Buffalo offense don't seem like that's anything that the Texans should be scared of. Yeah. So, I if it's a close game, I'm taking a better quarterback. Tennessee, New England. Um I'm taking the Titans. 
I'm taking the Titans. The Patriots are not that good to me. Um, we talked all year. We started the year talking about how good that defense was or mm-hmm. is. Um, and I do still think that some of that's true, especially Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. But, you know, the Titans, they're peaking at the right time. Like a couple of the other teams that we talked about being in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, give me a time. The Patriots defense is really good. Um, but it doesn't matter if your offense is struggling them in the manner that theirs is. And for the first time in for the first time since Tom Brady taking over, they're playing a wild card game. But more importantly, for the first time since Tom Brady's taken over, they've struggled on offense. Um, and that's not something that I feel like they can just click out of. Mm-hmm. And they're going up against a tough defense and a head coach that knows them very well. Yep. I'm taking Tennessee as well. Um, Minnesota at New Orleans. Saints by 21. Um, I'm taking New Orleans. I, I just, we just discussed that. That's who we expect to be in the Super Bowl. Um, it's in the Superdome. The Minnesota thing hasn't left entirely. It's it's not a it's not a taste that's been uh, rid of out of our mouths yet. Dalvin Cook is something to be worried about, but once again, we we don't allow teams to run the football on us. So mm-hmm. once again, just like I said about Jimmy Garoppolo uh, five weeks ago. If you're telling me that we're gonna put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands and say beat us, then I don't I don't see that happening. And, and that's where this game is going to get away from Minnesota because they're strong everywhere else. You know that their weakness is their secondary as far as trying to cover Michael Thomas. But I mean, who in the league is gonna stop that anyway? Um, yeah. But but every other place, they got talent. They got enough talent to make this a closer game than what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. I mean, that, and that's more about, that's more about Kirk Cousins than it is even about the Saints, honestly. And you want to know something that's weird? You say that about not being able to trust Kirk Cousins, but have they been able to trust Adam Thielen this year? Have they been able to trust Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith? Like, Stephon Diggs seems to be the only receiver that's actually helped him any this year. Well, Thielen, he was all right before he got hurt. And then ever since he's been hurt, it's been – but not even Rudolph. uh, Irv Smith has been the the better tight end than than Rudolph. But, yeah, bro, I – look. If Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is the thing to worry about. Like you said, their offense is going to be able to score if Dalvin Cook has a good game, but we don't expect that to be the case just because the Saints are a great run-stopping team. So the Vikings, I feel like the Vikings will be able to get some stops, but mm-hmm. how many will matter when you're not scoring points? Exactly. So, And then Seattle at Philadelphia. Yeah, I, Seattle's going to beat them to death. And mostly because 
that uh, Russell Wilson and how much more of this? All right, Carson Wentz is throwing the who again? Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! That that's not about to even be. Yeah, Seattle finna annihilate these dudes. I'm taking Philly. I'm taking Philly. Um, this season, especially in the end of it, has gone a lot like the past two seasons have for Philadelphia. We gone well. The first the first two seasons was Carson Wentz is hurt, so let's rally around Nick Foles and make a run, and they were able to do so. This year, it was everybody else is hurt except for the quarterback. But let's mm-hmm. let's rally around and try to make a run. And they've they've gotten to this point. And even with, like you say, the who is that he throwing to? Even with that, they look like a way better team now than they did when they had Alshon Jeffrey Nelson Aguilar all being and everybody else being healthy week two, three of this season. Mm-hmm. Um like we discussed, I don't I don't think home field advantage is gonna be a, a thing in this game. But I think Philly is I kind of feel like Philly is clicking better at this point than Seattle is. And it could just be mostly because of how recent Seattle's injuries are. We're losing their running backs. Um losing uh Jermon or Jerron Brown. He won't be playing this week and Michael Kendricks is out for the year. Yeah. Um yeah, so I I I I just have a feeling that Philly's gonna be able to to somehow win this game. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, good quarterback play, bro. And that's that's what it's always about, bro. If your quarterback is hot, you can there can be some upsets. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this time of year is all about, bro. Like. The only team I feel like with the better quarterback that I'm not taking is New England, and that's just because I feel like the Texans, I mean, uh, the Titans are just a better team right now. What? Tom Brady not the better quarterback right now. Ryan you know what? You know what? You're right. He's not. Yeah, he's not. Like, he's not the better quarterback, and that, that's the point. That's the whole reason why I'm taking Tennessee. You're right. Tom Brady has not been playing as a better quarterback. And that and and that this time of year is all about quarterback play. And that's why, you know, San Francisco is Jimmy Garoppolo gonna have to be a big boy. <laughs> because yeah. they got it, they got it everywhere else. But it's and that's why it's so important for them to not have had to go on the road. Yeah. Because because they're they're a totally different team. If that's the case, and I'm not talking about like just how they're going to play. I'm talking about the magnitude of the game plus the road. Yeah, it's it's easier for somebody who hasn't been there to deal with one of them because you know for Kirk Cousins they ain't been that. That's why it's going. I feel like they're going to come up short. You got to go in the Superdome in a game that's big against a team that's better. All that's too much, you know. Yeah. And, and this time of year for for Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're telling me the Saints got to go to San Francisco with a team with two teams that's about evenly matched, um, you know you gotta you gonna have to grow up and make some throws. Like yeah. 
I feel like that w- it wouldn't surprise me if they won that game in San Francisco, but it would if they won it in New Orleans. Yeah. In the yeah. same way that last year, Jared Goff, you know, what happened to him in that first quarter was real. Like, eh, this this is way too big for you. Yeah. And then yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, they the Saints the Saints let him hang around is what happened. They, mm. they didn't they didn't put him away with field goals and a drop touchdown in the end zone and something that shouldn't even came down to a pass interference yeah. because you should have put him away. But yeah. um that's what it's all about, bro. It's always gonna be the quarterback play. And that's why that's why the Ravens. I mean, all that running around shit. You gonna be able to do that when it yeah. when it matters? Like I don't think so. I just don't. And um, you saying it makes me think of one thing. The one reason why it's always not always, but this year, even still, it's hard to count on New England because it, it nine 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 times out of ten it's about quarterback play until it's not. Like when Denver mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl, of mm-hmm. he's like Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler with, but. <laughs> but that defense was so overwhelmingly good. Yeah. That they were able to that they were able to make up for that. But I don't the Patriots, their defense is really good, but I don't think they're that good. Not, and not historically. The yeah, and the same yeah. thing with San Francisco. Their defense is good. They're not that good. Yeah. Especially in NFC with San Francisco. Right. Good stuff, bro. I cannot wait. This is this is awesome. Yeah. And I'm off for every game. Every single one of them. Alright, so we're going to get a recap on the uh, games from this weekend before we look ahead to the National Championship, Clemson and LSU. Um, we'll start with the first game, LSU and Oklahoma. Um, what did you think about that game, DeMarcus? Um, I was actually pretty surprised by the outcome of the game. Uh, I always thought LSU would win, and I thought that they would either cover or almost cover the absurd point spread, what I thought was an absurd point spread of 14. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that it would look that bad towards the end of the game. I did not think LSU would come out and blow Oklahoma out that way. Um, Oklahoma came out really flat. They looked rattled really early. And then that trick play was kind of when you knew the game was over and you just started, you know, anticipating the, the Ohio State Clemson game because the trick play was perfectly designed. I think it was really well timed. And then Jalen Hurts threw a bad pass um, like he did so many other times that game. He threw a lot of passes behind receivers and, Mm-hmm. Hung a lot of balls out there, and they ended up getting intercepted, and the game was over at that point. Um, so uh, I don't think there's really a whole lot to say about that game, other than I don't think that you got to see LSU against a really well-rounded team yet, and still, because Oklahoma's offense um, just is not built. To- throw the ball to try to get back in games like that. They lean on you. Uh, they they run with Jalen Hurts and he can make some throws and they have C.D. Lamb, but that's not their offense. They run a lot more. 
they were down uh, one of their key running backs uh, due to suspension for a But I don't think that that affected the game a whole bunch either. They just came out flat and got beat. What did you think, uh, Sydney? Um, I was also uh, surprised by the manner of um, which LSU won, but not the fact that they won. Of course, we picked the game last week because we both took LSU. Um, didn't expect them to be able to <clears throat> score so many points on Oklahoma um, without a response from Oklahoma. I figured it would be more of a shootout. I figured that out of all, all teams, Oklahoma would be able to um, take advantage of a defense that's not the juggernaut that we've seen uh, be LSU's defense over over past years. So I figured um, they'd be able to put up points and, and have a shootout with them up until the fourth quarter. But when you're in the first quarter, halfway through the first quarter, and you result in desperation, trick plays, and they go completely wrong, then they were out <clears throat> they were out of it so early that it it, it made for a, a horrible game to watch, but a great game for LSU. Yeah, like I said, I, I thought that uh, LSU would win it pretty decisively. Um, I didn't expect it to be record-setting dominance um, from LSU. Uh, just because Oklahoma, being the only one-loss team of three undefeated teams, it felt like they were a tier below uh, the teams that, you know, we have. Clemson, Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State, and LSU. Um, so it was important for LSU to get that number one seed just so they didn't have to play Clemson or Ohio State and then play the winner of that game. Um, they they came out with a lot of energy, like you said, DeMarcus, and uh, they recognized the importance of the game, put it away early, and, um, yeah, Oklahoma never recovered from it. So um, not really a whole lot to say about it. Um, yeah, you, you you mentioned something about you know Oklahoma not feeling on the same tier as those other teams, and I don't think anybody did this season. I think you had, um, and honestly, you really had LSU, Ohio State, because people were for some reason down on Clemson. Which we do this every year with them for the past five years. It's like, oh, Clemson, they're not playing nobody. You know, sometimes this year they didn't drop a game, but sometimes they'll drop a game to a Duke or a UNC. He's like, man, why are these dudes here? And then they get to the playoffs and it's like, oh, yeah, they entire defense going in the first round. And they're uh, quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I want to I, I wanna get into that a little bit later after we touch on the second game. But, uh, yeah, before we, before we start talking Clemson, uh, I just want to – wrap up the LSU-Oklahoma thing. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that, Sydney? No. no. Okay. Like I said, it wasn't much to talk about with that. Okay. Well, so you, you can continue with your points about Clemson um, and, and the Ohio State game, what you actually thought of that and what, um, you know. Okay. Well, the point, the point that I was making about Clemson is that a lot of the nation – didn't give Clemson, for whatever reason, 
the respect that they deserved all the way until the end of the season. It was like, okay, when they undefeated conference champion, Power Five conference, we got to put them in. And they just, you know, they won 29 games in a row, you know, whatever, whatever. And I thought all season, Clemson, after the first couple of games where Trevor Lawrence came out and didn't really look like himself through a bunch of interceptions, and people were like, oh, well, he's not the quarterback, you know, we thought he was. I mean, he hadn't thrown an interception in over 200 passes now. Um, Clemson as a team hasn't turned the ball over since early October. They haven't lost an interception, haven't lost a fumble. Like, they play really disciplined football. Um, I think with that game, um, it was everything you could have asked for in a college football playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Ohio State come out, jump out, and they moved the ball so well early. And it kind of looked like it was going to be the same kind of game as that earlier game. Um, but watching the game, I could kind of tell that it wasn't necessarily Ohio State being so much better. It was Ohio State took advantage of a little bit of the aggression in Clemson's defense. Um, they came out, they ran some misdirections. Both of the huge runs that Dobbins had uh, to start the game were, you know, misdirection runs going up and then making a, a big cut and just breaking somebody's ankles in the open field. Um, after they got settled, um, you saw they locked down on Ohio State. They could, Ohio State stopped being able to really move the ball up until the fourth quarter. Um, the their sec, Clemson secondary locked in, um, and so defensively, I think Clemson did enough to come back and win that game. Uh, the problem's always gonna be from here on out when we talk about that game is some of the refereeing, some of the calls, um, and it's both levels, NFL and college, you've seen so much of the referee, the referees playing as such a huge part in the outcomes of these games. And I'm just tired of seeing it. I don't really want to necessarily talk about whether the calls were the right calls because I do think they could have gone either way. Sean, I know we talked uh, offline, and I told you I actually thought both calls, uh, the targeting call and the uh, the fumble being called an incompletion, I thought they were both the right calls in real time. Um, But, you know, whatever the case may be, and they were at crucial moments, but whatever the case may be, Ohio State did not move the ball well, and they only scored one time after they they went up uh, 16. I think they went up 16 to nothing, and I think they only scored once the rest of the game. So, uh, from the middle of the second quarter on. And so yeah. I, that was what, what hurt him more than uh, more than either of those calls. Didn't it? Um, it was a good game. It wasn't the best. Um, Ohio State, like you said, they jumped out to this early lead, early lead. And the biggest thing that happened was Clemson started dominating the line of scrimmage. And 
with Ohio State's running game, J.K. Dobbins is great, but their running game is offensive line based. Their offensive line is amazing. They J.K. Dobbins has so many runs to where he's not even getting touched. Not that he's just breaking all of these tackles, which he does. He does at times, but their offensive line is the key to their run game, uh, more so than their running back is, which isn't always the case. And Clemson, I mean, not Clemson. Yeah, Clemson was able to start dominating the line of scrimmage, and that stopped everything that Ohio State wanted to do. Um, which is crazy because coming into the game, those first couple possessions, that's what I felt. I felt like Ohio State was going to be able to do that and be able to keep that up. And Clemson just, they nipped all that in the butt. And, man, we talked to my last week how in college football, more so than the NFL, coaching is coaching is a big key to that. And Dabo Sweeney came out and won another, won another battle. Um, but it it was a good game. I had Ohio State winning. Um, but Clemson, yeah, like I said, once Clemson started dominating the line of scrimmage, it was over with. There's nothing Ohio State could do from that point. So the first thing that I thought about the game was uh, first I thought Ohio State and LSU all season started to separate themselves as the as the two better teams in the in college football. Um, and early J.K. Dobbins had it going, and then he got hurt, which, which to me was more about which more changed the game than anything. Um, you know, he, he tried to come back, but this game was, to me, more about Trevor Lawrence because the kid, ever since he – what? Oh, you said Trevor Lawrence. I'm waiting to see what you're about to say because he did have some amazing moments in that game. I mean, this dude, dude, since he he took over as Clemson's quarterback, this dude, he does not lose, man. And and this is another big spot for him. Okay, they trail in his his, his top wide receivers hurt, um, and now he's just going to run all over the place? Like, what is this? This dude, dude, I, I feel like... Me, in general, just because how I was saying Ohio State, uh, I felt like it was Ohio State LSU all year that they were going to be one of the two teams that won it, um, that, that that was a little bit of looking over Clemson, although I respect them far more than the public does. Um, this dude just don't lose, man. I mean, sure. and, they, you know, Higgins got back in the second half of the game, and he made mm-hmm. some big catches. Um, that changed the game, but it was it was definitely one of them games where it it felt like both teams deserved to win. You know, um, Ohio State played a good game, but they didn't finish drives, and that's what killed them. Um, and so they had a chance to put Clemson away early, and they didn't. Um, and Clemson's too good a team to let them hang around. And yeah, I, I, it it was a really good game. I enjoyed it. Man, Sean, you brought up Trevor Lawrence, and um, man, can we talk about that run? <laughs> because, dog, it was one of those. Wait, when you learn that, like, right? Like, like it was one of those. Like they run the option, and Trevor Trevor Lawrence can move around a bit, but that run was, uh, oh yeah, I do this. I'm a running quarterback. Like I, <laughs> this is what I do. 
And y'all just say, I had to show this to y'all until right now. Like, he kind of went Super Saiyan, and it was kind of, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit frightening, a little bit sexy, a little bit, you know? Uh, I, I can't wait to see him in the league, honestly. Um, but anyway, you had anything else you wanted to add to that, Sydney? Wow, so he could be in Tampa Bay looking like Jameis? <laughs> no, Man, you know Jameis can't see, bro. Jameis, Jameis got our problems. All right, so... Before we move on to the national championship and what we think is going to happen in that game, I do want to make a point while we're talking about Clemson. Um, you talked about it earlier a little bit of Clemson, how they were on a 29-game win streak. And I get, I get so tired of people not respecting Clemson and – you said, oh, they, you know, usually they don't, this, it's, oh, they don't play nobody, they don't play nobody. And a lot of people who, LSU fans and fans of the SEC in general, um, I don't understand the disrespect toward uh, Clemson and Ohio State. And everybody, everybody always wants to make the point, oh, well, they don't play nobody, they don't play nobody, they don't play nobody. But then Clemson, when they haven't lost a game in two years, you keep saying they don't play anybody, and then they put them in the playoff, which is teams that are in their peer group, and then they still beat them. So what? The, so then the excuse is, oh well, Ohio State don't play nobody either. What? Come on, get out of here with that. Then, then you know they beat Alabama, and it's oh well, all they players came back, and all Alabama players went to the league. Stop it. Stop. Stop with the excuses. Like it's. If if they come to the game and beat LSU, which I do expect LSU to win the game, but they they come in and they stand toe to toe with all of these teams that you want to put them up against, and it can't just be Ohio State don't play nobody, Oklahoma don't play nobody, Clemson don't play nobody. So who play anybody? The SEC. So everybody, nobody play anybody but the SEC. I've always hated the SEC bias. Um. I think a lot of times these SEC teams, they come in and uh, they get ranked, I think, unjustly in the preseason ranking really high. But, I mean, you're talking about you got teams in the SEC losing to Division two schools. You got, like, you got teams in the SEC losing to schools that lost to the Division two schools. <laughs> like, they always been so, so top-heavy. Um, and it's the same this year. Like, Alabama's been the creme de la creme uh, for a long time. LSU this year is looks, you know, kind of head and shoulders above a lot of other teams. But when you look throughout the rest of the conferences, all those other teams can be beat. And then you get them to the bowl game, and they get beat often. And people say, oh, well, you know, it's not SEC football, so they don't care about it as much anymore. That's right. Like, Right. You can't win against people who are fans of the SEC. Like, they're going to defend the SEC to the death. Which, I just want to jump in. I'm going to let you talk, Sydney. But I just want to say, I have never understood that. What what is that? I don't see TP. You guys are USC fans. Y'all don't go, oh, I'm rooting for the Pac-12. What are you talking about? We're like, oh, I'm... 
I rooting for Tennessee just because they from the SEC. Shut up. Shut, shut up with that, man. Go ahead. No one pivots faster than an uh, SEC fan. I've, I've, come to, <laughs> I've come to realize that. Because if you're going to sit up there and say, look, Clemson haven't played anybody, I can take that as a reasonable opinion because I felt the same way. I got on here last week and I said, man, Clemson hasn't played anybody this year. Not that I don't respect them, but looking at their schedule and looking at the games that they, they haven't played anybody. Okay, but do you put them in a game with a team that I and a whole lot of other people feel is the best team in the country and they beat them? Okay, well, kill that. They haven't played anybody. They just beat one of the best three teams in the nation. Right. They killed whatever their schedule was. Like, I don't want to hear that anymore. Mm-hmm. But like you say, the SEC team is going to, the SEC fan is going to pivot to, well, how you saying they played nobody either. Or if they go play, if they go and beat LSU, is well, LSU had that tough SEC schedule. Look, the SEC wasn't that tough this year. This, is, this has been a horrible year for the SEC. Honestly, the past two years have been. So, but like I say, man, the SEC fans, they they pivot real quick. They real quick when it comes to defending the SEC as a whole, which, like you said, is weird because no no other conference does that. No other like, conference has conference fans. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, but I guess because they consider themselves the almighty and the best, mm-hmm. they look for any way to say, look, my team is still better than yours because they're part of the SEC. Yeah, and like as USC fans, like I don't care how bad life gets for USC, I don't care what it looked like. I ain't ever root for UCLA to do nothing. Right. I hope they lose every game they ever play. Like, ain't gonna be no oh UCLA in the national championships. So I'm rooting for them because Pac-12. No, I yeah. hope they lose. I hope they lose. Uh-huh. I hope they mamas lose their keys to the house. <laughs> I lose like everything. And it's been that, and it's been that way even with the college football playoffs because yeah you keep looking at it and you're like man another Pac-12 team not getting any shit I don't give them because it's not USC I don't yeah. care I don't care if a Pac-12 team get in if it's not USC and and the funniest thing the funniest excuse I heard was somebody saying oh well you know by the time the SEC get to the championship, they all beat up. Oh, now they lose because they injured. All right. Mm-hmm. What, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> but, but if they win, but if they win, then it's, oh, well, um, they, Clemson didn't belong in the game anyway. So so which one is it? Which, which one is it? Because, like, which right. one? They, Clemson, they want the playoffs to be four SEC teams. And <laughs> basically, and Clemson, yeah. this is what I'm saying. I, they damned if they do, they damned if they don't. You know, so so what you want them to do? They can only you saying they don't play nobody, but they can only play who on their schedule. It's not they fault that UNC and Virginia and all of them other teams are not good teams. But when they get in the championship game and they win, I don't want to hear. Oh well, LSU had to play Auburn and Floyd. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn lost to Minnesota today, by the way. Minnesota. Who is real looks like. But, yeah. So, anyway. Um, USC fans, we got a USC fan on. Before we talk about the national championship, is there anything that y'all want to say about the state of USC football? 
Um, Sydney, you wanna you wanna go first? I'm gonna kill myself. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stage of USC football right now. Oh man, you know it's so crazy because um, Sean, I remember you texted me. It was like, man, you starting to sound real entitled right now. And um, honestly, I think the problem is even nationally, USC is a story because of how irrelevant they are. Like, people are like, wait, what is happening over there? Like, everybody expected some coaching changes to be made after this season. Um, nationally, uh, the fan base has been wanting it for three years now. Um, the fan base wanted to keep Ed Orgeron. Um, but, you know, they moved on from, from him because, you know, a lot of the rumors were that, you know, he wasn't polished enough. He sounded like a swamp monster, you know, that doesn't fit the brand. Um, you know, but what also doesn't fit the brand is a seven-loss season last year and a five-loss season this year. Uh, and a uh, recruiting class that's second to last in Power Five and um, below Louisiana Tech. <laughs> like, like, the recruiting class ranks almost 80th in the nation. Um, and when you look back historically over all the recruiting classes since they've been keeping up with them, um, the worst ones have come under Clay Hilton. Um, we were 21st last year, and that was like, oh, God, we hadn't had a recruiting class this bad since 2000. And then 78th this year? That's just, no matter how bad USC has been or how many off years or whatever they've had, sanctions, whatever, it's still always been a top 10, top 15 recruiting class. Um, and so the fact that we're not even able to recruit anymore, even in Los Angeles, um, that's become a huge issue. Uh, I am glad that they fired the defense. Somebody had to get fired. Like, so I'm glad they fired a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator. But I don't think anything changes with the program until Clay Helton is gone. Um, so, you know, there's not really a whole lot to say about that team besides that. The only the saving grace is Graham Harrell has that offense looking really amazing. Uh, they still recruit wide receivers really, really well. Um, unfortunately, because of their record, um, their wide receiver core didn't get the shine that some of these other wide receiver cores got. But uh, for my money, I would say that um, the only wide receiver cores in the country that can hold a count on the USC's are Alabama's and LSU's. Um, I think that's saying a lot. I think all of those dudes are going to be first and second round picks um, in the next few years. Um, so um, hopefully whoever they go get to replace um, Clancy Pendergast, that defensive coordinator, I'm hearing uh, Ryan Nielsen, the defensive line coach for the Saints, um, as, a, as a huge target. He played at USC. Um, and he has the Saints defensive line looking like it never has looked before. Um, so he's a hot name, especially in, in uh, college football. Uh, so 
that is a name that has been floated around a lot. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but I just hope that they're able to get a little bit better next year and maybe make a change at coach. Missing, missing the bowl game last year was the last straw for me. Not even being able to get to a bowl game. That was it for me. Um, Clay Helton has held on to his job. I don't, I don't know why he kept it this year. The previous two years, he was able to hold on to his job based off talent that he wasn't responsible for, mostly from the quarterback position. And to now say we're going to hold the defensive coordinator and special team coordinator responsible, but not Clay Helton, and then turn around and say, look, Clay Hilton, you get to keep your job, but we're going to take care of the hiring of your defensive coordinator and whatever <laughs> other coaches we choose. That's, that, that's, that's the definition of dysfunctional. Like, that, there's nothing that can go right about that. So right. why not go ahead and chop off the head of the snake? Like, I don't, I don't understand this at all. And like I said, it gives me nothing to look forward to. Yeah, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to root for my team, but I'm expecting next year to go a lot like this year did. Um, I will say, uh, again, to your point, um, I honestly think that, that USC wanted to make a coaching change. I think that they are in a place now where – the program's been down for, you know, for so long. They kept Clay Hilton a year longer than they should have. The boosters are, like, the boosters are pulling money, and then they're saying, okay, the only way we give it, we'll give you money to go hire a coach, but you got to go hire a superstar coach. Yeah. Um, they're like, we'll give you money to go make a $9 million offer to a coach, but it got to be, Urban Meyer, it got to be Bob Stoops, it got to be somebody like that. And so uh, I don't think that a coach of that caliber was necessarily available. And I think that they decided they were going to punt on this this next upcoming season and see what they could do after after next year. Because again, if they really believed in Clay Hilton, I think they would allow him to make decisions on his coaching staff saying that hey you don't get to even choose your coordinators anymore like that's saying you're not the coach no more i'm the coach yeah. <laughs> like you just here because we gotta we gotta say we have a coach and we don't want to pay a 20 million dollar buyout so um you know but, but enough about that because like they say that's at usc make me want to kill myself and i I want to be happy in 2020. <laughs> okay, I've started more time in this swim team they got over here at SC. <laughs> <laughs> That's about to happen. Uh, so, um, the national championship. I want to just, I'm going to start with my take, and then we'll go um, to Sydney and finish up with what you think, um, since you're so connected. Uh, I would love to be wrong, um, but this LSU team feels different just because, I, I, you know, I keep talking about um, the defense. The defense isn't world beaters anymore, but, but that's also college football now. Right? That's also football in general now. 
you can't look at a team and go, this team going to lock you down because it's impossible to stop anybody between the 20s in football nowadays. So you just got to hold them to 35 because you, know, you can score 49, you're going to win like that. So um, on offense, they got the wide receivers. They got the running back, Deb. They got a decent offensive line. Nothing that I can point to and say, well, Clemson don't have that too. Um, to me, the difference is just this just seems like a destiny season for them. Um, the national championship in the Superdome, Burrow winning the Heisman, Burrow, Joe Brady, Joe Brady coming from LSU, I mean, uh, coming from New Orleans, um, being the offensive coordinator. Everything about them just points to this just their year. You know, um, like I said, I, I'm a Florida fan uh, who lives in Baton Rouge. So, you know, I can't stand LSU and I would love to be wrong, but th this team, this team is just, they, something about them feels different. And, um, I feel like it's going to be a great game. Um, but I think LSU should, will pull it out by a touchdown. LSU fans enjoy this moment. Um, talked about this a little earlier uh offline and i said that about how joe burrow gone like there, there's no joke it sucks that y'all were only able to have him for a year but he's gone after this and and like joe burrow too so this, this is it um, stop stop, stop. <clears throat> mark the time so you can edit that because yo the thing was 31. messing up is it still messing up? Mm-mm. So where I need to start back from? What's the last thing y'all heard? Start from the top. Start your whole takeover. I. Um, um shit. Oh, okay. LSU fans enjoy this shit because unfortunately y'all were only able to have Joe Burrow for one year. Um, especially in. It's unfortunate that Ohio State wasn't able to use that, but they've been so talented over the years at quarterback that it don't really matter. But LSU, y'all only got him for one year, and that sucks for y'all, but he's gone. And it kind of seemed like Joe Brady about to try to make his way back to the pros as well. So that's that's it for y'all. Like this is this is it. So if it is destiny to be had, this is this is the year for it. Um, but I I keep saying Ohio State, I felt even with, from the public's perspective, I feel like they were still underrated for what they were this season, especially mm -hmm. Justin Fields. I keep mm -hmm. saying that. I personally felt like Ohio State was the best team in the nation, and Clemson went in there and on that day was the better team. So yeah. there's no reason for me to think that they can't do the same to LSU. And being the team that they've been for these past years, Having the better coach, with all due respect to Ed Orgeron, who I wanted to be USC coach years ago, um, I think Clemson goes and claims another title. I do believe it will be a close game, but I think I think Clemson will pull it out. Um, you know, I said when the playoff lineups. Uh, even before the playoffs, I said whoever got to play Clemson gonna lose both games. Like nobody's beating that team. And 
Um, I still feel that way, Sean. You said a team of destiny. Um, and with the with the national championship game being in the Rose Bowl and them going undefeated and Joe Joe Burrow winning the Heisman and all that stuff. And you know the last team that had something like that, Alabama, two thousand five USC. Oh, um, yeah, it was it was that that team went undefeated, hadn't lost a game in two years. Um, that was Reggie Bush's Heisman year. Oh, he was um, Game in the Rose Bowl and went in there against a Texas offense that had a, one of the greatest college quarterbacks we have seen, which looks like Clemson has one of the greatest college quarterbacks we've ever seen. But what didn't get talked about as much about that Texas team was their defense put, uh, I think, seven players in the NFL mm-hmm. on that starting 11 which this Clemson defense will probably put nine um, in the NFL. And so it, it feels to me a lot like that. Um, the hype machines behind LSU, um, Clemson, I think, is, is really undervalued. Um, but even in that Ohio State game, you can kind of see – Clemson's defense was able to hold up and keep them in the game against the Ohio State team that has not been stopped all season. Um, and they did that missing their top two receivers, or their top two receivers not being at full strength. T. Higgins was clearly concussed. Like, he was dropping passes that he never drops. Um, he went, and he went out on the first series of the game um, and didn't come back until after halftime. Uh, and then Justin Ross was also hobbled in that game. So I think both of those players will be healthy. Clemson offense, the Clemson's offense will roll, um, and it'll come down to who can make the most stops. Uh, LSU does have some great players on defense, but their defense as a whole is not a great defense. And so I think that um, – and I also think that they won't be able to take advantage of some of the lack of discipline that you see in a lot of other teams' secondaries. Because, again, Clemson doesn't really have a whole lot of that going on in their back seven. Their front four um, isn't as great as it has been in some past years, but they still got NFL players on that front four. But that back seven, all of them do is going to lose. Um, and they play discipline. They don't blow coverages. They don't really give up a whole lot of big plays. And so I think that you'll see Clemson win this game, uh, not in a blowout, but more handily than than I think most people think it would be. I can't wait. I, I actually can't wait for this game. Um, yeah. And, and another thing about it for me like I said I feel like it'll be a close game with Clemson edging it out but at this point it wouldn't shock me if it goes anyway if it goes LSU come out and dominate from the opening kickoff or Clemson doing the same or it it, the only thing that would shock me is 17-14 21-17 that would shock me yeah but Besides that, I don't think there's any other result that would actually shock me about this game. Okay. Well, thank you 
for coming talk some college football with us. Um, hopefully, you know, you know, it's my first love. I love the NFL, but college is that's where I live and breathe. So, um, we're gonna have to have you on a little bit more next college football season to keep us um, interested. <laughs> um, so until next time until next time man thanks for thank y'all for having me and uh, happy new year what's up everybody check out friendly fire every thursday as we discuss the latest and most intriguing topics in sports also make sure to follow us on twitter and on facebook at friendly fire 08